This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. Good morning, I'm John Trout. It's Friday, January 12th, 2024. Here's what's coming up on America in the Morning. The United States and the UK launch missile strikes against Iranian-backed Houthis in Yemen. I'm Jeff McKay with the details. House Speaker Mike Johnson faces reality. Look, leadership is tough. I'm Linda Kenyon in Washington. Former President Donald Trump was allowed to speak briefly in court near the end of his civil fraud trial. This is a political witch hunt. I'm Jackie Quinn. On Wall Street, it's all about earnings season. It starts this morning. We get results from big banks like J.P. Morgan Chase and Citigroup. I'm Jessica Ettinger. National Guard called out in Texas. We'll have an update. A country music superstar shares his checkered past with Congress. I am neither Democrat nor Republican. I'm Clayton Neville. All ahead on America in the Morning. The U.S. and U.K. launched military strikes against multiple Houthi targets in parts of Yemen Thursday night, a significant response after the Biden administration and its allies warned that the Iran-backed group could face reprisals for firing at commercial shipping. America in the Morning's Jeff McKay has the latest. The night sky was lit up across Yemen when the U.S. and coalition forces launched airstrikes against Iranian-backed Houthis who had been attacking commercial ships in international waters as a response to Israel's military campaign in Gaza. The Pentagon reports the strikes, which included a U.S. submarine launching Tomahawk missiles with other military aircraft, hit radars, missile and drone launch sites, and weapons storage areas. Department of Defense spokesman Pat Ryder. The Houthis fired an anti-ship ballistic missile Uh, from Houthi-controlled areas in Yemen into international shipping lanes in the Gulf of Aden. President Biden, who briefed leaders of Congress before the strikes, released a statement saying the American-led response was a, quote, clear message that the United States and our partners will not tolerate attacks on our personnel or allow hostile actors to imperil freedom of navigation in one of the world's most critical commercial routes. More than 2,000 ships have been forced to divert thousands of miles to avoid the Red Sea, the Gulf of Aden, and the Bab el-Mandeb Strait, that's the coastal waters off Yemen, causing weeks of delivery delays. Secretary of State Antony Blinken warned just 24 hours earlier that unless the Houthis stopped, there would be reprisals. We also had um, some 20 countries come together to make clear that if these attacks continue, as they did yesterday, there will be consequences. Along with the U.S. and the United Kingdom, the Netherlands, Australia, Canada and Bahrain participated in the airstrikes. Blinken said the Houthis cannot hold commerce hostage in one of the world's vital shipping lanes. We know all about the hostages in Gaza. Well, the Houthis have taken more than 25 hostages from the ships that they've seized. All of this has required us, this this challenge, this threat to the interests of countries around the world has required us to respond. The American-led airstrikes represent a dramatic escalation in the Middle East and will certainly heighten tensions. The leader of the Houthis in Sana'a, Yemen, vowed to meet any American attack with a fierce response. On Thursday morning, the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower Strike Force and a UK destroyer shot down cruise and ballistic missiles and 18 explosive attack drones launched by the Houthis at ships in international water, with none of those ships suffering any damage. I'm Jeff McKay in Washington. House Speaker Mike Johnson is facing a major test on his leadership as a budget battle has divided some members of the GOP. Correspondent Linda Kenyon is following that story in Washington. 
Look, leadership is tough. And Speaker Johnson is experiencing that firsthand as he tries to pass a budget bill to avert a partial government shutdown that is just days away. You take a lot of uh, criticism. You certainly do, even from members of your own party. As Republicans like Marjorie Taylor Greene criticized Johnson on Steve Bannon's war room. He's failing on the job. Failing, she says, because Johnson agreed to a top-line budget number of $1.59 trillion for fiscal 2024. That's in line with levels written in the Fiscal Responsibility Act, a measure that passed with bipartisan support just last year. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries says a deal is a deal. That top-line spending number is what is necessary for Congress to meet the needs of the American people. And Jeffrey says House conservatives are out of line. House Democrats have made clear in partnership with Senate Democrats and President Biden himself that we will not accept extreme right-wing policy changes as the ransom note in order to avoid a government shutdown. Speaker Johnson says as a conservative himself, he wants to stick to tighter spending, but... But the reality is we have a small majority. So um, in, a, in a situation like that, you're not going to get everything you want. You, you get what you can get. When asked by CNN if he is worried he might meet the same fate as his predecessor if he goes ahead with the previous deal... No, I'm not worried about that at all. Absent the changes the small number of conservatives are demanding, the budget measure would need Democratic support to pass. And that's another reason why Speaker Johnson's predecessor was ousted by conservatives. Linda Kenyon, Washington. When we return on America in the Morning, Judge cuts Trump short after these messages. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Welcome back here with America in the Morning, tracking the latest storm activity for today and into the weekend. AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Benz brings us this. Just like our storm earlier this week, this latest storm packing a punch of not only winter weather, but severe weather and rounds of flooding as well. A snow, well, it's going to be a problem across the upper Midwest through the Great Lakes for today through tonight and into the start of the day tomorrow. Over a foot of snow may fall across portions of Iowa, southern Wisconsin, northern Illinois, as well as lower Michigan. 
weekend. On top of that, strong winds could drive blizzard conditions, especially through this afternoon and into tonight, making for treacherous travel. To the south, where we'll deal with warmer air, thunderstorms will be the concern. There's a risk of severe thunderstorms from the Tennessee Valley on south across the southeastern U.S. The main concern from any thunderstorm this morning through the midday and afternoon through this evening will revolve around damaging wind gusts, hail, heavy rainfall, and the risk for tornadoes stay weather aware for today. And heavy rain overspreading portions of the Ohio Valley. This will shift towards mid-Atlantic and the northeast heading into this evening and tonight, renewing flooding concerns, especially across the northeast where heavy rain fell earlier on this week. Behind the system, it's all about the cold, bitter Arctic air invading the northern plains where temperatures may not get above zero for today. And here comes our next storm into the Pacific Northwest, bringing Heavy rainfall into portions of coastal Oregon later today could drop heavy snow at the higher elevations for tonight. That's the weather across America. In Chicago, look for snow becoming heavy at times. Total accumulation through tomorrow of 8 to 12 inches. And again, watch for strong winds through the day. In Atlanta, heavy rain and thunderstorms will cross the area, bringing the threat for flooding downpours, hail, damaging wind gusts, even an isolated tornado, high of 58. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Benz. Remember to follow us everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. Former President Donald Trump was allowed to speak in court near the end of his civil fraud trial, but the judge cut him off after Trump said the trial was a fraud against him. Correspondent Jackie Quinn reports. This is a political witch hunt, the likes of which nobody's ever seen before. This case has never been about politics or personal vendetta or about name calling. This case is about the facts and the law. Outside the courtroom during a break. They owe me damages for what they've done. The former president and New York business mogul spoke outside the courtroom after he was cut off by the judge while speaking inside. He said he was an innocent man being persecuted by the attorney general, something he repeated to reporters outside. Getting somebody elected because you wanted to get the publicity, it's a disgrace. Judge Arthur Angeron's already determined Trump's company fraudulently inflated its numbers. Numbers and will be deciding the amount of penalties. Trump's defense is that outside companies prepared his financial statements and they're responsible for any discrepancies. And Mr. Donald Trump violated the law. And as you know, the judges already found that he in fact violated the law for repeated fraud over a period of years. The day began with a swatting call, a fake emergency, reported at the home of the judge early this morning. This is a very serious problem because companies are fleeing New York. They want to focus on the crime, violent crime in the city. One of the reasons they're fleeing. I'm Jackie Quinn. An Ohio woman facing criminal charges for her handling of a home miscarriage will not be charged. A grand jury declined to return an indictment for abuse of a corpse in the case against 34-year-old Brittany Watts. The case grabbed national attention for its implications against pregnant women who have medical issues beyond a state-mandated deadline to abort a pregnancy. Watts miscarried after doctors told her she was carrying a non-viable 22-week-old fetus. It's off to the races for Bitcoin when America in the Morning continues after these messages.
This is America in the Morning. You can call this car rental reversal. Hertz announced they'll be offering for sale about a third of their entire global electric car fleet. The Wall Street Journal's reporting that Hertz will sell 20,000 EVs in the U.S. and use that money to buy new gas-powered vehicles, citing weaker demand for electrics and higher operating costs, including for repairs. While EV sales increased in America last year, the pace of growth has slowed. There's also concerns over not having enough places to plug in while traveling and current battery ranges. Charged up to bring us the latest on Wall Street, here's CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Wall Street's going to open this morning after a volatile day of trading yesterday and stocks finishing flattish. After hotter than expected inflation for December, big tech names NVIDIA and Microsoft, though, hit record highs yesterday. The S&P 500 index hit a 52-week high. Some investors a little spooked, though, by a slight tick higher in inflation for December in the new CPI report, the Consumer Price Index. Year over year, it's now sitting at 3.4%. The Fed would like to see 2%. This is the sort of report which gives the Fed patience and is part of the reason why the Fed has said, you know, don't get ahead of yourselves, market. There's still a lot of stuff that has to work out here. CNBC senior economics reporter Steve Leesman. Now some industries and companies raised their prices into Christmas. In December, we saw new vehicles up 0.3%, used up 0.5%. Airline fares up 1%. The Federal Aviation Administration now officially investigating Boeing. Boeing is lower again as pressure mounts over last week's door blowout. On the Alaska Airlines 737 MAX 9 plane, the FAA says it's investigating whether the plane maker failed to ensure that certain parts were in a condition for safe operation. Boeing says it's going to comply with the agency's investigation. CNBC's Christina Partsonevelis. CVS will close some of its pharmacies inside Target stores starting next month. The Wall Street Journal says it'll just be select locations. Fruit Stripe Gum is going away. It's a 54-year-old brand. It had a zebra mascot and had temporary tattoos inside. What's action been with Bitcoin since the SEC approved it? Well, they're here and they're ready for your money. Bitcoin ETFs, exchange-traded funds, began trading yesterday after the SEC gave them approval. The industry says it's validation that Bitcoin is real. Uh, The first-ever spot Bitcoin ETFs received the green light. They're up and running. Those funds uh, saw big swings on their first day of trading. Vanguard telling us uh, Bitcoin ETFs will not be available for purchase on the Vanguard platform. And they have no plans to offer funds of their own. Merrill Lynch also reportedly taking a similar stance. Uh, 11 funds, however, trading with the two biggest being the Grayscale Bitcoin ETF and the Invesco Galaxy Bitcoin ETF. CNBC's Tyler Matheson. On today's watch list, of course, it's earnings season. We're waiting for reports this morning from J.P. Morgan Chase and Citigroup. We'll hear from Bank of America. Plus, Delta Airlines reports today, and so does United Health. New in theaters, Sony's The Book of Clarence, Paramount's Mean Girls, the musical movie, and Universal's Lights Out. Universal is a sister company to CNBC. Jessica Edinger, thank you. Immigration crisis, National Guard brought in. When America in the Morning continues after these messages. (music) 
America in the Morning returns with a developing story. The National Guard, under orders from Greg Abbott, has seized control of a park at Eagle Pass, Texas, at the southern border in an effort to stop the surge of migrants entering into the Lone Star State. The move marks the latest escalation between the state of Texas and the federal government on how to handle the influx of people entering the U.S. The move comes after the Biden administration ordered the razor wire placed by Texas in the Rio Grande to be cut, prompting Texas to file a lawsuit. A country music superstar with a criminal past took his efforts surrounding fentanyl to Capitol Hill. Correspondent Clayton Neville reports. I'm just a Country singer Jason DeFord, known as Jelly Roll, was in and out of detention centers as a young kid and early teen for drug dealing, among other crimes. He told members of Congress yesterday that he was part of the problem but wants to be part of the solution and insisted there's no partisanship in that. I am neither Democrat nor Republican. He encouraged lawmakers to pass the Findon Fentanyl Act. He pointed to statistics that show 190 people a day on average suffer from a fentanyl overdose or poisoning. That's what about a 737 aircraft can carry. Could you imagine the national media attention it would get if they were reporting that a plane was crashing every single day? The proposed legislation Jelly Rolls behind would allow for financial sanctions against drug traffickers. The goal would be to dis disrupt the flow of drugs from Mexico and from other countries. I'm Clayton Neville. America in the Morning for Friday, January 12th, 2024 is produced by Jeff McKay. Senior producer, Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. This is America in the Morning from Westwood One. I'm John Trout. Coming up this half hour. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has said he sees a path to Gaza peace, reconstruction and regional security. I'm Karen Chamas. President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, has pleaded not guilty to federal tax violations in a Los Angeles courtroom. I'm Jackie Quinn. After the final GOP debate and a Trump town hall this week, where minds changed just days to go before the Iowa caucus. I'm John Stolnes. The FAA opens an investigation into Boeing. I'm Clayton Neville. More layoffs announced in two of the largest tech companies. I'm Chuck Palm. Mississippi's capital is under a boil water order because of bacterial contamination. I'm Norman Hall. Back after these messages. America in the morning, back with a look at the nation's weather this Friday and into the weekend. AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Benz has the latest on a storm system and some very cold air funneling in. This latest storm will be a multifaceted system with another round of heavy snow for portions of the central U.S. Heavy rain and severe weather will also be concerns. And on top of that, our first true taste of bitter Arctic air arriving across northern plains. The snow aspect of the storm, look for snow to fall heavily at times through the day today, tonight, and into tomorrow. And unfortunately, blizzard conditions also possible. Heaviest snowfall expected to fall from eastern Iowa through southern Wisconsin, northern Illinois, and into lower Michigan. That does include places like Milwaukee and Chicago that could get blasted with snow, especially later today and into tonight. South, it's all about the heavy rain and severe weather. First, that heavy rain culminating from the Ohio Valley, shifting east, though, as time progresses with that rain arriving across the mid-Atlantic and the northeast 
northeast for this evening and tonight. Unfortunately, areas that were hit hard with heavy rain earlier this week will see more rounds of heavy rain that could cause renewed or worsening flooding, especially across the northeast to the south, where severe weather will be ongoing this morning. Look for severe thunderstorms once again from the Tennessee River Valley on south across much of the southeast U.S. from Mississippi on east of the Atlantic coast to South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Any storm during the day can produce the threat for not only heavy rainfall, but damaging wind gusts, hail, and isolated tornadoes, a state weather aware. Behind the system, some of the coldest air of the winter season descends across northern plains where temperatures may not get above zero. And our next storm arriving across the Pacific Northwest delivering rain, some of that heavy later on today, especially across coastal Oregon. That's the nation's weather. I'm AccuWeather.com meteorologist Matt Benz. Remember to follow us everywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. Just search America in the Morning in your favorite listening app. I'm John Trout. The U.S. and British militaries bombed more than a dozen sites used by Houthis in Yemen in a massive retaliatory strike following the Iranian-backed group launching suicide drones and both cruise and ballistic missiles at commercial ships in the Gulf of Aden, all of which was shot down earlier in the day by a U.S. carrier task force and a British destroyer in nearby waters. President Joe Biden said the strikes were meant to demonstrate that the U.S. and its allies will not tolerate attacks against commercial commercial shipping in the waters near Yemen and followed repeated warnings by the U.S. and other governments. Following his Middle East tour, Secretary of State Antony Blinken says he sees a path to peace, reconstruction, and regional security in the Gaza region. Correspondent Karen Shamas has more on the story. Blinken left Cairo after rounding off a Middle East tour by holding talks with Egypt's president. Before boarding his plane, he told journalists that his visit established key objectives for peace in Gaza. First, preventing the conflict from, from spreading. Second, getting more humanitarian assistance into people who need it. Three, increasing protection for civilians. Four, getting hostages out. He also said his final objective was continuing support for Israel to make sure October the 7th does not happen again. U.S. officials have claimed modest success in getting Middle Eastern leaders on board with construction and governance scenarios in Gaza after Israel's war with Hamas ends. However, Arab support is contingent on not only the end of the conflict, but the establishment of a specific pathway for the creation of an independent Palestinian state, something that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu opposes. I'm Karen Chamas. President Biden's son, Hunter, has pleaded not guilty to federal tax violations in a Los Angeles courtroom. Correspondent Jackie Quinn reports. Hunter Biden answered not guilty to the judge to nine felony and misdemeanor tax charges in what federal prosecutors called a four-year scheme to avoid paying nearly one and a half million dollars he owed to the IRS. They allege he used the money to fund an extravagant lifestyle fueled by drugs. Outside the courthouse, a man with a loudspeaker chanting about Hunter's laptop and photos of him with a crack pipe. The charges were filed after a plea deal unraveled in Delaware, where the younger Biden's also charged with lying on a federal form for gun buyers about his use of illegal drugs. Congressional Republicans have been trying unsuccessfully so far to link President Biden to his son's business dealings. First Lady Jill Biden says the family is proud of how Hunter rebuilt his life after drug addiction. If convicted of all the charges, Biden could face 17 years 
years in prison. I'm Jackie Quinn. With the Iowa caucuses coming up on Monday, there is scant time for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley to catch former President Donald Trump in Iowa in the polls. But with the pair debating on CNN and the former president holding a town hall on Fox News, GOP candidates hope to gain more ground. Following those campaigns, America in the Morning's John Stolness. You were down in the polls. So here, here's you are I not a manager. No. DeSantis and Haley have emerged as the last two non-Trump candidates standing in Iowa and this week spent a couple hours debating and insulting each other at a CNN debate in an effort to sway anyone left in Iowa whose vote in Monday's GOP primary may still be up for grabs. You've campaigned for president in one state. You're invisible in New Hampshire. You're invisible in South Carolina. You're in fifth place. She was in another state and she said the people of Iowa's votes need to be corrected. This is somebody that wrote in her book that Hillary Clinton inspired her to first run for office. The candidates did discuss actual issues differing over America's role in foreign wars, specifically Ukraine. You do not have to choose when it comes to national security. This is about keeping Americans safe. This is about preventing war. This is about keeping our military men and women from having to fight a war. And you only do that when you focus on national security, not telling lies to the American people. This is the UN way of thinking that we're somehow globalists and we have unlimited resources to do. You know, I think here's the problem. You can take the ambassador out of the United Nations, but you can't take the United Nations out of the ambassador. Meanwhile, in Trump's competing town hall on Fox News. I'm not going to have time for retribution. We're going to make this country so successful again. I'm not going to have time for retribution. Asked by the moderators about concerns from opponents that a second Trump term will be spent meeting out vengeance on perceived enemies. Can you say tonight that political violence is never acceptable? Well, of course, that's right. And of course, I'm the one that had very little of it. Take a look at wars. Again, I didn't start. I wasn't involved in wars. When you say bedlam, what do you mean? I think you say bedlam. I think you look at Joe Biden, it's bedlam. The former president promised an iron fist on securing the southern border. We are going to have the largest deportation effort in the history of our country. And in response to a question on his stance on abortion, in which he's come out against a national ban. You wouldn't be asking that question, even talking about the issue, because for 54 years they were trying to get Roe v. Wade terminated, and I did it. A Suffolk University poll out yesterday found Trump maintaining a 32-point lead over Haley, 54 to 22, with DeSantis at 13 percent. But the gap between Trump and Haley now in the single digits in New Hampshire. I'm John Stolness. When we return on America in the Morning, among the stories we're covering, the not-so-secret hospitalization of the U.S. Defense Secretary and the FAA demanding answers from Alaska Airlines after these messages. Welcome back here with America in the Morning. I'm John Trout. Following outrage, the Pentagon's internal watchdog will review the secrecy surrounding Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's hospitalization. Ed Donahue reports. He was not informed until last Friday that Secretary Austin was in the hospital. He was not informed that the root cause of that hospitalization was 
prostate cancer. Austin is still in the hospital with complications from prostate cancer surgery. The Defense Department waited days to tell the White House Austin transferred authority to his deputy. There is a process by which cabinet officials uh, and their location is tracked by the situation room. Uh, there is a check-in every morning uh, where their general location is known and, and, uh, and, and logged and, uh, and reported. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says protocols are being reviewed, but there are limits. We're not going to track the GPS coordinates on somebody's mobile phone uh, in the administration, and we're not going to plant a microchip in their neck like they're a poodle. Nebraska Republican Deb Fisher is on the Senate Armed Services Committee. Imagine if we suffered a terrorist attack here on our homeland. The Secretary of Defense's location and his ability to respond cannot be in question. Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks has been taking on some of Austin's day-to-day -day duties. We do not want this to happen again, obviously. Uh, but, you know, we're going to get a better sense once the Pentagon does the 30-day review uh, to see how this occurred. Obviously, this is not something we want to see. Ed Donahue, Washington. A member of the Maryland Board of Elections has resigned following his arrest in connection to the January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol. Carlos Ayala of Salisbury, Maryland, was arrested and faces several charges, including civil disobedience. He was identified among a group of rioters who entered restricted Capitol grounds to protest the 2020 election results. The Maryland Republican Party recommended Ayala, who was appointed by Governor Wes Moore last year. An investigation into the blown-out panel on an Alaskan Airlines flight earlier this month is being opened by the Federal Aviation Administration, correspondent Clayton Neville reports. The FAA investigation is separate from the National Transportation Safety Board's probe. Both agencies looking into what caused the panel to blow off the Boeing 737 MAX 9 jet and land in an Oregon man's backyard. You have information zero. We'd like to get lower if possible. Communication between air traffic control and the plane captured the terrifying moments before the plane landed. Yes, we are emergency. We are depressurized. We do need to return back to. We have 177 passengers. The FAA says it has informed Boeing that it's investigating whether the company failed to ensure certain aircraft were safe for operation. The administration grounded the 737 MAX 9 planes less than a day after the Alaska Airlines flight to allow for inspections. Alaska and United Airlines have said that their inspections found loose hardware on some of the planes. No one was seriously hurt on the Alaskan Airlines flight, and it was confirmed that no passengers were seated next to the panel that blew off. The NTSB, meanwhile, specifically focusing on how that happened during the flight. Boeing says it's cooperating with both investigations. I'm Clayton Neville. An investigation is showing that warning signs were missed in the main mass shooting case last year. Correspondent Shelley Adler has an update. Army reservist Sean Hodgson was best friends for almost 20 years with the man who fatally shot 18 people in Maine in October. They also served in the Army together. Six weeks before the mass shooting, Hodgson sent a text to their Army supervisor about Robert Card, which read, quote, I believe he's going to snap and do a mass shooting. I knew she was going to do something bad because she was deteriorating in his mental health. Stephanie Sherman is an attorney who represents families of the victims. There was a whole 
batch of problems that they quickly could have gotten an order to confiscate the guns. Card killed 18 people at a bowling alley and a bar in Lewiston before killing himself. I'm Shelley Adler. More pink slips today as two of the largest tech companies announce a new round of layoffs to add to the thousands already let go last year. Here's Chuck Palm with that in today's tech news. Google parent Alphabet Company has announced they'll be laying off hundreds of employees across multiple teams as the tech giant continues to cut costs. Amongst those divisions includes the voice assistant unit with a few hundred roles being eliminated in the hardware team responsible for Pixel, Nest, and Fitbit, with the majority of them in the augmented reality team being let go. This on the heels of the closing of the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Amazon has also announced they will lay off several hundred employees in their streaming and studio operations for Amazon Prime. In the past year, Amazon has cut more than 27,000 jobs as part of a wave of U.S. tech layoffs after the industry hired heavily during the pandemic. Amazon is also set to roll out ads on Prime Video as well as a more expensive ad-free option to their subscription tier in some markets. For more tech news, visit allthetoptech.tech. I'm Chuck Palm. It's Friday Sports on America in the Morning with Robert Workman. Bill Belichick has stepped down as Patriots head coach. That's the third big-name football coach to exit his job in a 24-hour stretch following Pete Carroll with the Seahawks and Alabama's Nick Saban. Belichick replaced Carroll in New England 24 years ago, guiding the Patriots to six Super Bowl titles. He also had Saban on his staff with the Browns before coming to Foxborough. So much thanks for the opportunity to, to be a coach here for 24 years. It's an amazing opportunity. Received tremendous support. His 333 wins trail only Don Shula's 347 all-time. 196 wins with one team, second only to George Hallis with the Bears. And his 31 postseason wins are the top total by a mile. Belichick has coached a record 49 consecutive seasons in the NFL, and he's looking to make it 50 with one of the other seven teams that's looking for a new head coach. Wildcard weekend starts tomorrow with the Browns at the Texans and the Dolphins at the Chiefs. Sunday, the Steelers visit the Bills, the Packers are at the Cowboys, and the Rams play the Lions. Monday night, it's the Eagles and the Buccaneers. NBA, the Bucks blasted the Celtics 135-102 in a matchup of the top two teams in the East. That came a night after Boston had to work overtime at home to put down West leading Minnesota. And it showed Milwaukee shot 57% from the floor last night. Boston shot 37%. Cavaliers cut down the Nets 111-102 in Paris. Donovan Mitchell, ooh la la, 45 points. And he said he'd be okay with coming back this summer to go for an Olympic gold medal. Well, Trey Bien. Thunder rolled over the Blazers 139-77. to 62 points, the fifth largest margin of victory in the NBA. The record is 73. OKC was on the wrong end of that one against Memphis two years ago. Mavericks held off the Knicks, 44 for Kyrie Irving, and the Suns scorched the Lakers. Bradley Beal had 37, Devin Booker, 31. That's Friday Sports. There's Robert Workman with sports. Well, be on the lookout for Mean Girls when America in the Morning continues after these messages. listening to America in the Morning in Mississippi's capital city, Jackson. They're under a boil water order again because of bacterial contamination. Correspondent Norman Hall reports. State health officials have told Jackson residents to boil their tap water after traces of E. coli bacteria were found in the city's supply. 
but the manager of Jackson's long-trouble water system disputes the findings while calling it a devastating setback for rebuilding public trust. The notice is also imposed in the suburb of Flowood. The order comes days before the expected arrival of a blast of cold weather that could further disrupt the local water infrastructure. I'm Norman Hall. Monday's Emmy Awards will feature several recreations and reunions from classic television shows. Entertainment correspondent Margie Zaraleta reports. Executive producer Jesse Collins tells the Associated Press the Emmys will celebrate its 75th anniversary with cast reunions or actors recreating moments from shows like The Sopranos, Cheers, Martin, and All in the Family. Collins says to expect one of those moments within the first 10 minutes and that there's a great Game of Thrones moment. However, don't expect everyone from every show. Other series with spotlight moments will include Allie McBeal, I Love Lucy, The Arsenio Hall Show, and Saturday Night Live. Anthony Anderson hosts Monday's Emmy Awards, which will air live on Fox. I'm Archie Zaroleta. Mean Girls are back. On the big screen, that is, Kevin Carr has a sneak peek at the new movie-turned-musical-turned-movie again. After 20 years, Mean Girls is making its way back to the big screen, this time as an adaptation of the Broadway musical. We as women have to be able to support each other. Get in, loser. The story follows a homeschooled girl who has her first taste of public high school. She befriends the popular clique, but soon learns these girls can be, well, downright mean. What was that? Oh, Lord, it's the queen bee. Regina George. Don't look her in the eye! The production is bright, vibrant, and colorful, and the song and dance numbers are impressive for their creativity, though at times they threaten to overshadow the story. What is going on? Don't worry about it. Dance break. This version seems more of a tribute to the original film than a remake or adaptation. The movie is fraught with cliches and tropes that have become far too routine in films lately. You just need to find your click. You have your jocks. Burnouts. Horny band freaks. Yeah, I've seen that one about a dozen times before. The updates pander to the social media generation, considering none of these platforms even existed in 2004. If I have to sit through another TikTok montage in a high school comedy, I'm going to lose my... Hey, PG-13, please. In the end, Mean Girls is entertaining enough, and it should land well with its target audience, though I'm doubtful this will form a new click. It'll likely be just remembered as secondary to the original. Mean Girls gets three and a half pink sweaters out of five. I'm Kevin Carr, and that's the way I see it. America in the Morning for Friday, January 12th, 2024, is produced by Jeff McKay. Senior producer, Kevin Delaney. I'm John Trout. This is Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.